לידור לרפואה שלמה, חיה שרה בת שמחה. She should have רפואה שלמה, and we're learning uh, for the רפואה שלמה of the president of our congregation, אליהו בן רחל. אין לה רפואה להם, רפואת הנפש ורפואת הגוף ורפואתם קרבה לבוא, וכן ירצו מלומר אמן. So, uh, tonight, <coughs> being that we finished uh, פירוש רשי on the פרשה, so it gives us a chance uh, to go into a very, very interesting uh, topic that has to do with the second reading of this week's Shabbat, which is Shekalim. I think I told you already that this week we have a double header. <coughs> we have two parashiyot. The second reading is Shekalim. What is Shekalim? So we learned earlier, if you remember a few weeks ago, that in the olden days, during this month, uh, the Jews would be forced to make a mandatory donation of a half a shekel, it's a coin, and uh, that would be used for uh, the uh, funding of the yearly sacrifices in the Beit HaMikdash, or the Mishkan. Uh, basically, the, uh, the financial year, the fiscal year of the Beit HaMikdash starts in Nisan, which is a month from Adar, so they would collect the money for 30 days, and then in Nisan, they would start spending the new money for the fiscal year uh, of the Beit HaMikdash or the Mishkan, basically to pay for sacrifices, for daily sacrifices, and for other uh, maintenance, maintenance needs. Today we don't have the Beit HaMikdash, so really it's not mandatory to give this half a shekel. Our custom is that we do a commemoration. You'll see now, you'll start getting emails from the different rabbis, including myself, that will ask you to donate, you know, a small amount of money as commemorative to what they used to do in the olden days. And the rabbis take the money and they give it to Siddhaqan, they use it for, um, for the shul and things like that. But again, it's not the actual mitzvah. We don't have a Beit HaMikdash, it's commemorative. That's basically the second reading that we're going to read in the, um, in the Torah this week. So I found a very, very beautiful essay. I have it here. It's written by a rabbi called the Minhat Ani. Minhat Ani was uh, Rabbi Etlinger. He also wrote a sefer that the boys learn in yeshiva called the Aruch Laner. It's famous. And uh, he has over here a very, very interesting dirasha. I hope I can explain it where you'll be able to understand it. So he starts by quoting a midrash. Midrash is a rabbinical... Uh, you know, uh, uh, statements that uh, they had a tradition that these things happened. And he quotes a midrash like this. <clears throat> so he says, let me just get the right, the right paper. Let's read it from here. Yes, okay, here it is. Resume. Yes. So the piece goes like this. There's a midrash that says that Moshe Rabbeinu came to God. Amar Moshe lefnei HaKadosh Baruch God, Moshe Rabbeinu comes to God and says, Rebono Shel Olam. Mishani met en ani niskar. 
I'm worried about what's going to happen to my legacy. After I die, I'm not going to be mentioned. Sounds like he's saying to God, the people are going to forget me. So God says to him, Hayecha. Don't worry, Moshe, we promise. Just like you're standing alive today, and you gave over to them the parasha that talks about shekalim, and you are lifting the heads of the people, so to every year, when the Jewish people will read Parashat Shekalim Nefanai in front of me, I will consider it as if you are standing there at that moment, and you will lift them. How do we know this? Because it says in the Parashat Shekalim, Tisa is future. It does not say sa et rosh. It says ki tisa. So therefore we see that what? That Moshe Rabbeinu will continue to raise and lift the heads of the people even in the future. Now this Midrash begs for interpretation. First of all, was Moshe Rabbeinu worried about his legacy? Where he's telling God, I'm worried that after I die, people are going to forget me. I'm going to be forgotten. So what does God say? I mean, God should have said, what do you mean you're going to be forgotten? Your name is practically written in every single parasha. We'll never forget you. But instead, God answers him, don't worry, Moshe. When it comes to parasha Shekalim, you're going to be remembered. And just like you lifted B'nai Yisrael when you were alive, and we have to, we have to understand what that means. What do you mean he lifted B'nai Yisrael? He collected Shekalim from them. But the Pasuk says, Kitisa, he lifted them. So God says, don't worry, just like you lifted them in your lifetime, every year when the Jewish people are going to read Parashat Shekalim, you'll be there. And you're going to lift them again. So the Minhat Ani comes to explain this very, very cryptic Midrash. What was Moshe asking? What does this have to do with Shekalim? What does it mean he's lifting the people? He says something really... Uh, really majestic. So, this Shabbat, we're going to announce Rosh Chodesh Adar. Adar 2 is coming. And that's going to be uh, next week, I think on Friday is Rosh Chodesh. Thursday night, Friday. And that means Purim is going to be two weeks from there. So, we're going to read Megillat Esther. Now, if you remember, uh, in Megillat Esther, Haman with his genocidal plan to kill, you know, all the Jewish people, he was willing to pay for it. And the, Torah, the Megillah tells us the amount of money that he was willing to expend for this, uh, for this uh, killing machine. How much? Aseret alafim kikar kesef. 10,000 silver talents. Now, it sounds like a lot of money, and it definitely is. And the rabbis in the Talmud, Tosafot, he says, where did Haman get this number from? Where did he get this number, 10,000 talents? 
So the Tosafot says that he made a calculation that if you calculate how many shekalim the Jewish people gave when they came out of Mitzrayim, 600,000 Jews, each one gave half a shekel. So Tosafot says it equals 10,000 talents. So therefore, what, what, what Haman was saying, I want to neutralize that mitzvah that the Jewish people did. They gave the half a shekel, and the Torah says it was kapara. So I'm going to take my 10,000 talents and neutralize the amount of the shekalim that was given. It's very nice, by the way. But it's, it's not accurate. It's not accurate at all, by the way. It's hard to understand what does it mean that the 10,000 equals the amount. We know exactly how much the shekalim weighed. In next week's Pirashat, it's going to say that they weighed the shekalim that was given, all 600,000 from the people, and it equaled one uh, kikar, I'm sorry, me'at kikar, kikar la'adin, 100 kikar, 100 talents. So what does it mean when they're telling us that it's equal to 10,000 talents? It's not. The money that they collected is really equal to 100 talents. I mean, it's 100 times less what they collected than what Haman was willing to, to spend. And I have to tell you something else. The Gemara even says that God, so to speak, tells Haman, you think you're spending money to kill the Jewish people? Already the Jews have spent money on Shekalim and their, their money has neutralized your money. As if God said, you know, the money that the Jewish people spend over the years during the Shekalim, they're going to override your Shekalim. But again, it's a different amount. It seems that the money that we gave is much less than what Haman was. So what does it mean the rabbis are trying to equate it? So I saw, again, this Minhat Ani, he says something, uh, something beautiful. He says like this. Where did we get this number half a shekel from? Why, why is it half a shekel? It sounds like such a small amount. So you have to know something. That in the Torah, we didn't learn this yet. We'll learn it later on in the year, Bezat Hashem. The Torah tells us that every uh, person, man or female, depending on his age, has a certain amount of money that he's worth, and if he wants to donate his value to the Beit HaMikdash, so you have to find that again, gender, male, female, and age, and then the Torah gives us a number, how much he's worth, and that's considered his kapara. So the Torah tells us that men between the ages of 20 and 60, their value is 50 shekalim. You heard it, 50 shekel. So now there's a big question. If the amount of a person's value is 50 shekel, and that's considered, if he wants to donate money towards his atonement, the Torah says it's 50. So over here, why does he only have to pay a half? Now, I don't want to confuse you in the math, but the ratio between 50, what they should have paid, to a half, what they paid, is one hundredth. A half a shekel to 50 shekel. They only paid one hundredth. Which was, by the way, it's a big discount. Now, it should be pointed out that if they would pay the 50 
shekel. So then already, we now would understand that it would be a hundred times greater than what they collected. So if a half a shekel equals a hundred kikar, a hundred talents, 50 shekel will equal a hundred times that, which is 10,000 talents, which is exactly equal to Haman's number. So therefore, it's considered like we gave the 50. God says, you give a half, and I'll consider it like you gave the 50. And it says, it's a family and friends discount. So Haman, when he did his 10,000 talents, he was calculating according to the, to the big number, pre-discount. So therefore, that's what it means when it says the numbers match. The numbers match if we were paying full price. But we got a discount. Now, pay attention. When the Torah talks about us paying this half a shekel, it says, Tirumah lahashem. It's like a Tirumah. Now, what does Tirumah mean? Tirumah means a donation. But Tirumah means something else. Yeah, we didn't learn this yet. We'll get to it. That if you're a Kohen, you're entitled to certain uh, taxes. Not that you have to pay them, you actually get them. The Kohen's the tax collector. One of the entitlements that the Kohen gets is Tirumah. Tirumah means if I have a field of wheat, I'm obligated to give the Kohen one-fiftieth. One-fiftieth, two percent of my of my yield goes to the Kohen. It's good to be a Kohen. That's called Tirumah. Tirumah is one-fiftieth. Uh, so the, actually the rabbis say remez, Tirumah stands for Teremeah, two over a hundred. Teremeah. And how much is two over a hundred? A fiftieth. So now, the rabbi Minhatri asked the question. The Jewish people, when they gave half a shekel, they were paying a hundredth of what they should have paid. So why does the Torah call the half a shekel tirumah, which is one fiftieth? It's not one fiftieth. One fiftieth would be a complete shekel. But they didn't pay a complete shekel. They only paid half a shekel, which is one hundredth. So why does the Torah call it tirumah? He says something incredible. He says, you know what? The Jewish people paid a hundredth. It's true, which is a half a shekel. But somebody paid the other half a shekel for them. It was picked up. You know how they say on the house? Somebody picked it up for them. And who was that? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he prayed to God, and he beseeched God that he should forgive them for the golden calf. So therefore, God said, your prayer is going to be considered as if you paid the other half a coin. So really, B'nai Israel paid half a coin and Moshe Rabbeinu in his prayer paid the other half. So therefore, together, it was one coin, which is one-fiftieth of the amount. The real amount is 50 shekel. But if you take the half that we paid and the half that Moshe Rabbeinu paid, that's one. The rabbis tell us, tefillah osa mehsa. <clears throat> when a person prays, it, it, it does a half. It, it, you know, uh, it, it accomplishes at least half the, what you're asking for. But now we have a new interpretation. Tefillah of Moshe actually served as a half a shekel. 
So therefore, he was picking it up every year in his prayers. So now we understand the Midrash. Moshe Rabbeinu says, every year I was lifting up in Israel. I was lifting it up because I was helping them pay the shekel. My prayers were considered the other half. What's going to be when I die? Who is going to pick up the other half? That was his claim. He wasn't looking for to be famous. He wasn't looking for his, uh, his legacy. <laughs> he was saying, <clears throat> The Jews are still going to give the shekel, half a shekel, but who's going to be there to <clears throat> give the other half? So, so humble. So listen how beautiful what, 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 what God says to Moshe. God says, every year the Jewish people are going to read Parashat Shekalim, like we're doing. And guess what? <clears throat> when you read Parashat Shekalim, God considers it as if you gave it. Not commemoratively. <clears throat> it's like you gave it. We have a rule that says when you read the Parashat of the Korbanot, it's like you brought the Korbanot, like we learned this week from Rebbe Nubahya. We read about the Mishkan, it's like you built it. And now we're saying that if you do the perasha of the shikalim, if you can go to shul this week and hear the, hear the second sefer, and you listen to it, understand it, God considers it if you gave a hefe shekel. And guess what? That hefe shekel was kapara. It atoned for the biggest sin, the sin of the egel as well. And if we all need kapara. And we don't know how to get kapara today. We, make, we, we ask God for forgiveness. We give sadaqah. We need different methods to get kapara. And hearing parashat shikalim, is considered kapara, but wait, we need to give the other half. So as God says, Moshe, you're going to be present in the synagogue when they read Parashat Shekalim. You're going to be there. Because the Pasuk says, it doesn't say that you lifted B'nai Yisrael, it says, Kitisa, every year you will lift. You will lift them up through your prayers and fill the other half a shekel that's missing. So this is an incredible Shabbat. We're going to be visited by Moshe Rabbeinu this Shabbat. And he makes a special prayer on our behalf during Parashat Shekalim and he lifts our spirit, he lifts our mazal, he lifts our fortune. Could you imagine if you have Moshe Rabbeinu praying for you? You go to the big rabbis of the generation, you give them your name, they pray for you. Here this week, everybody that comes to Parashat Shekalim, you have Moshe Rabbeinu doing what he always did. Only difference is he did it when he was alive. He was worried what's going to be when I'm dead. So I'm going to read you the Lashon of the Rav. He says, What did he promise Moshe? When the Jews are going to read Parashat Shekalim, I'm going to consider it as if you're there, and it's like you're lifting them. Your merit is going to help to finish the half coin. So it can be a complete coin. Half by us and half to Moshe. And then it'll be Tiruma. Then it'll be 150th. It doesn't say sa, which is past tense. Ki tisa, every year you're going to lift the Jewish people up. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was worried, not about his legacy. He was worried, how am I going to take care of the people when it comes to the Perashav Shekalim? And God says, don't worry, you're coming back. So therefore, it's a very, very special Shabbat. We get the prayers of Moshe. We get kapara. And uh, it's uh, a great, a great benefit, especially now. 
that already Borei uh, Olam is moving the pieces on the chessboard in order to prepare for the final redemption. We're starting to see that the nations are starting to uh, rumble, which was already predicted uh, at the end of time, that the rumblings of the big superpowers are going to start to happen, and we're witnessing it. The good news is that the Jews are going to be spectators in this, uh, in this story. It's not about the Jews, it's about the big nations, and Bezat Hashem, once they finish their business, uh, so then already we'll be able to get a redemption. So we couldn't get a prayer of Moshe at a better time. This prayer what? of atonement and this prayer of Moshe cannot come to us at a better Shabbat. So I wish all our members a Thank Shabbat you. Shalom and may the prayer of Moshe uh, fill the void of the half a shekel that he sponsors. Perfect and timing. It's perfect timing. It should be a kapara and it should be Yeshua and a good mazal for all of us. Amen. Thank you. 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 Every night, what? She says, God bless you. That's from um, Sardar. Mrs. Sardar? What kind of cake? I don't know. It's homemade. Not Duncan Hines, homemade. She comes to tonight's class? No, the ladies' class. Oh. A lot of ladies came? Did I, yeah. I think that Karen Kasus can't come anymore. She goes to help her daughter.